Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus you are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's episode 36 of season number two. We're calling this one Cubs Massacred up in Minnesota. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. In this segment, Crawley interviews Rich Beasterfield to talk about the Cubs rehabbing out in Arizona. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast You've seen him on here before, Rich Biesterfeld of uh, Northside Bound, a famous photographer out in Arizona. Rich, how are you doing out in the desert? What's the weather like there out of curiosity? Oh, it's we're, we're starting to heat up now. It's I think it's supposed to be like 102 today. So it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, time to stay in. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, we, we're, we're kind of we're, we're floundering between 50 and 70 here. So we're, we're, we're looking to get something. But uh, mm-hmm. so, so, so far, we haven't gotten there. Uh, Rich, the reason I wanted to have you on, obviously, I love talking to you. But what ends up happening, and I think sometimes people don't realize that the complex in Mesa is not just for spring training, but it is really, truly used year round. And mm-hmm. there's, you know. Obviously, you're you, you know you come by the club 400 tent in spring training and the, and the party and the, and the carnivals all happening. It's like a big old Mardi Gras, and then poof, the circus leaves town. But but there's still action going on down there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we we do miss the circus though. Let me let me tell you that we do miss the circus all the time. Oh, uh, oh, how can you not? And you know, one of the things, especially when you're talking about Arizona, and and the reason that complex is so important is because that's where a lot of the Cubs players go that are recovering from injury. And so as they're recovering before they get sent to a minor league assignment, uh, they're out in Arizona. Probably one of the best examples of that would be Kyle Hendricks, who 
is you know people are thinking maybe the the Phillies series, maybe the Mets series, but he's knocking on the door. But he stayed after once everybody left and was working on things. What do you see when you're around there? There's a lot of uh, is there a lot of like say like trainers? They got a lot of coaches. Everything's all around there, kind of working through a program. Yeah, it's 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 a little like Christmas morning. I can joke about it when you when you go out to the park at any any time really during the year because you, you kind of don't know exactly what you're going to see who might be there because um, I just had that the other day even uh, one of the guys from the minor leagues Jake Rindle um, I saw had been put on the IL for Tennessee but then all of a sudden Jake's in camp uh, working out just because of the facilities and things so um, you know sometimes you see guys sometimes you'll see I'll see on Twitter that a certain player is around um, but but I don't see it. Um, for instance, like you mentioned, like Kyle Hendricks, Kyle was around, I think he was around the complex pretty much since he went on the IL last year, but it really wasn't until spring that I saw him like out on the field or anything, but you know, they've got, uh, top-notch facilities out there as far as, you know, the weight rooms, the, all the, all the equipment and everything just to help them recover and strengthen and get better. So, um, it's not unusual not to see guys, but. But like I say, a lot of times you do see the guys out working out in their different groups. Well, that's the thing. You know, there are certain guys that, you know, you sit there and you're like, oh, what happened to that guy? And one of the first guests we ever had on Fly the W was Tyler Schlafer. And this is if, if be, I'm, I'm showing some pictures from Rich up here and you can find them at Beast on Twitter at Beast 22. But Tyler Schlafer, uh, he was with uh, Myrtle Beach Pelicans last year. Did he ever get promoted up to South Bend? Um, he, I, I can't recall for certain. I think he might have been been in South Bend for a little bit. Yeah, like like, um, like a, and then all of a sudden he he had an injury. What ended up happening to him? Um, you know that it's it's interesting with the minor leagues. You don't always hear what the injury is, and I can understand that you know with respect to privacy laws and all that. But uh, I was talking to Tyler this spring, and I finally did ask him, you know, hey, what happened? And uh, Tyler did have to have Tommy John surgery. Um, mm. He did confirm that to me, and but. Um, he is back. He's he started like light throwing now. So um, I think he and like uh, Shane Marshall, who was a draft pick last year, I think they're throwing buddies and they seem to be on a kind of a similar timetable as well. So I'm not sure if they'll be back late this year or um, or if it might be like just instructs or something like that. But I know they are both throwing. Another guy that kind of tend to make some news here was Ethan Roberts. And everyone remembers that great story. I think he was in spring training and David Ross tells him that he makes the, that he made the team and he kind of broke down. And then here's another guy that all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's pitching in the majors and the velocity all of a sudden dips. And that was another Tommy John, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ethan had to have Tommy John. I, actually, I've been uh, fortunate. I've gotten to know Ethan fairly well uh, over the last couple of years. And um, uh, you mentioned when he got told he made the big league club, that is one of my favorite memories. I happened to be in the camera wall that day and got some pictures of him um, getting that news. So uh, I think Ethan will always be one of my favorite players um, just having had the chance to witness that. But, uh, but yeah, Ethan had Tommy John, I believe it was in July of last year. Um, so he's throwing now. Um, I talked to him a couple weeks ago. I think he's up to like 92 or 93. And he had topped out at 97 last year. So would not surprise me in the least if he comes back throwing harder than he did, which is kind of common with a lot of the guys having Tommy John. Um, 
when they did his surgery, I think they put in some things um, to actually strengthen the ligament and everything around like a brace, I believe he calls it. Um, but uh, he's going to, he's, he's not thrown off a mound yet, but um, I know he's getting ready for his next step in his program because he, he had last week off and got to go home and spend some time with his family. That's awesome. And, and like you said, you know, it's weird because it's almost, it's strange to see a pitcher not have Tommy John surgery. And like you said, a lot of these guys come back throwing harder than ever. And, and that's, that's, you know, to me, it's interesting because they're talking about the new pitch clock rules and they're very much tracking injuries to see because, you know, these guys that are throwing hard, you know, it used to be, okay, you throw a pitch at 100 miles per hour, take a few seconds, let the arm relax a little bit, and then you don't have that anymore. So, you know, is it going to be one of those situations where guys are going to have to kind of try to throw a little less hard and and, and, and be more pitchers than throwers? You know, just kind of something that uh, just to keep an eye on. But but good to hear that both Tyler, you know, and Ethan coming back. Now, one one story that you know all of us in Chicago that that watched that Jackie Ro- uh, Robinson West team make that amazing run was uh, Ed Howard, the Cubs mm-hmm. draft pick. And I was at South Bend and I talked to him. And this was opening weekend last year in 2022, and everything looked good. And then the next thing you know, freak injury, running down the base and 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 tore like his hip or something, you know absolutely horrendous and you just know like on that type of injury that's just going to take like it, it just looks like one of those injuries that's going to take forever to heal sure yeah he's been he's been playing now um i know i saw him like earlier in spring training um taking vp taking ground balls and you could kind of see a progression because when i first saw him it was all these things he was doing by himself you know or, or i shouldn't say by with a coach but not with other players and then you kind of saw him start being integrated into like the other guys where he's taking ground balls in the groups and, and taking BP in the group sessions and stuff. And then um, finally got to see him in some extended spring training games. I saw him play last couple weeks. Um, he's looked he's looked really good on defense. Um, I think still working some of his timing hitting wise. Um, I'm not sure if he's running full tilt yet. I would say that just and which I think is very normal. Um, something like that. I think that would be probably one of those concerns of just you know, the, the psychological aspect of coming when you're coming back from an injury, just feeling comfortable enough to say, I'm just going to go and do, you know, it's, it's, I would think it's always going to be in the back of your mind, kind of that nagging of what if I go full tilt and, you know, something happens again. But well, I say so far, he's looked, he's looked good. He's looked very smooth in the field. Um, like he always did even before the injury. And I think one of the things that you mentioned is is that for the hitters, like Edward Howard is always, like I said, from Jackie Robinson West Little League, been a phenomenal fielder. But with hitting, there, there's a big timing component that's a big part of it. Yeah, and when you yeah. haven't hit for a year, it's gonna it's gonna be normal to take a little time to adjust. Now, one guy that had an injury that kind of scared everybody who go, you know, you want to talk about full tilt? How about Cole Roder? Does he <laughs> not ever go full tilt? I, I think that's. Full speed ahead is is the only speed that that Cole really knows. So um, yeah, I guess he. Uh, my understanding is while playing in Tennessee, I didn't get to, I didn't see the play, but he ran into the wall, broke his collarbone. So after breaking his collarbone, he came out to Arizona. He's been working on his rehab and stuff. Um, I've seen him taking uh, taking batting practice, seen him throwing. Um, last week it was like Thursday. I saw him taking some live BP, and actually spoke to him over the weekend, and he's hoping. 
later this week to be actually playing in some extended spring training games. And then it'll kind of be up to the club of, you know, when they feel he's ready to, to go back and hopefully head back out to uh, Tennessee. I mean, it, I don't know, maybe we're just old rich, but it just seems like the recovery time, like I, I think broken collarbone, I thought I'd be, I'd be out forever. <laughs> you know, like, like <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Like I'd be out like a good year and this guy, all of a sudden, this kid's already coming back. Now there is one name Now we, we saw recently Miguel Amaya up at Wrigley field, which was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously rich, you know, his history and it just, you know, injury bug just always kind of just seemed to bite him and, and just could not stay healthy. And then all of a sudden he comes up in Chicago and everyone's like, Oh my God, this kid's really, really good. You forget, you know, he was one of the top prospects in the Cubs system. Another guy that just cannot seem to shake the injury bug is Braylon Marquez. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this picture right here, he's wearing Jorge. Is that Jorge Soler's old number, 68? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> and, and so when you take a look at at, at Braylon Marquez, mm-hmm. just another guy where you're just like, you know, people forget how really good he is. And I remember I was talking to Tommy Birch about mm-hmm. guys in the AAA. Like, you know, I'm like, hey, Tommy, who are you going to be looking out for? And he's like, don't forget Braylon Marquez. I'm like, oh, I did. <laughs> so, but but, it's, but it, it truly is. You take a look at this guy and you're like, man. If Marquez could just stay healthy, what 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 is he doing down down in, in Arizona? Yeah, I have seen him throwing bullpens right now. I haven't seen him throwing uh, wide batting practice or anything yet, but he's throwing bullpens. Um, so my understanding, I think the the wide BP would be that next step. So because um, usually what I had been seeing for him with him for a long time was just playing catch basically on flat ground. And so usually that that bullpen is is a pretty major step for the pitchers who are rehabbing. Uh, in fact, usually when you can tell when a guy's doing their first bullpen session, because all the other guys, all the other pitchers in the rehab group are out there watching to kind of lend that uh, emotional and physical support of being there. So but he's been doing that for a while now. So hopefully, hopefully maybe a wide VP might be coming soon. But that's that's speculation. That's not based on anything that I know. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And, and again, when he's healthy, he's got, he's got some sick stuff out there just getting him healthy. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, um, you know, the Cubs, I talked about Miguel Amaya, and, and, and it seems to me like catching depth, it looked like for a while, was, was an issue with the Cubs minor mm-hmm. league system. And now you're taking a look, whether you're talking about Amaya or Don Nunez, or you're talking about, I just had a picture up of Bryce Windham or uh, Pablo Aliendo. It just seems like Moises Ballesteros. All of a sudden, it, now it seems like that's kind of a, starting to become a deep position. Tell me about Bryce and what's going on with Bryce. Sure, sure. Uh, and it's funny that you said that was one of my, I think somebody had asked that question about, you know, what's your, your kind of off-the-wall prediction before the season started? And, and mine was that, by the end of the year, people would look at the catching uh, situation across the Cubs system as a strength rather than people looked at it previously as a weakness. Um, but yeah, uh, Bryce, my understanding is actually like broke his thumb in a game, not catching. I think it was like on a slide. And um, so he's been uh, hung up for, for a few weeks. But um, another one I talked to last week, uh, they had just cleared him that he could catch because before that I saw him, he was playing catch. But uh, Tim Susnera, one of the other catchers, would have to catch the ball, toss it to him, then he could throw. So he's keeping it, trying to keep his arm in shape, throwing. But they didn't want him to catch to, you know, aggravate the damage. So um, 
was supposed to be doing some live VPs, I believe, this week, or catching some live VPs, I should say, this weekend. And hopefully he might be seeing some game action later this week as well. So so the injury to the thumb was on his catching hand. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, because um, like I said, he was wearing – can't remember now. Uh, I have to go back and look at some of my photos. If he was wearing the, wearing his mitt, or if he was just you know you know the other hand barehanded, so he wouldn't be tempted and forget. But he was able to throw you know without any problems. So I, I believe it was the catching hand. Now I will tell you, Rich. You know mm-hmm. this is why you got to follow at Beast Twenty Two because every now and then he'll throw a scoop out there that nobody sees. I believe you were one of the first people to get photos of Alex Canario. Uh, taking some BP out on on the backfields and stuff like that. This is a guy that I think that the Matt Mervis hype kind of overshadowed a little bit of what an amazing year Canario did. And and I got to ask you, Rich, I, I always say I was shocked when Ian Happ got the contract extension. I don't know if you were just because of the amount of talent in outfield that the Cubs seem to have, but I, I think people don't realize that Alex Canario is a bad, bad man. <laughs> I, I, I'm in the same boat with you. I mean, I love Ian Happ, a big Ian Happ fan as well. But yeah, I, it kind of caught me by surprise because of the numbers of the yeah, Alexander Canarios, the Pete Crow Armstrong, uh, Kevin Alcantara, um, you know, among others. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it was it was a little surprising. But I trust Jed and Carter to you know <laughs> make those calls. That's that's why they're making those decisions, and a fan is not a GM. But, um, yeah, as far as uh, Alexander, um, yeah, the one day I was just out, was, got out to the park earlier, early before a game and saw some guys were out taking BP and um, like DJ Artis and I forgot who the other one was. It might, it might have been like Tim Cisnera, again, who's a catcher in the system. And there was another person out there, and I wasn't sure who it was. And all of a sudden it was like it dawned on me that it was Canario. And part of the reason it dawned on me was because he was hitting some absolute bombs, um, you know, way out of the, out of the park. And and I wonder, Rich, because he he had his injury was in the Dominican League. Yeah, it was. Uh, I can't remember which exactly league, but it was it was down in the Dominican or or. Uh, right, but it, it very similar to Ed Howard's injury that that I thought and. And all of a sudden, you just saw that horrible, horrible collision. It was just so scary. And 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 you looked at it and you said to yourself, "I, I just wonder how much if, if that injury doesn't take place, okay? Because it what he was in the Dominican. If that injury doesn't take place, would that extension free and hap come? I mean, I, maybe it was. You know, he's a leader. He's a veteran. And it's like a three year deal. It's not the end of the world. But mm-hmm. you, you know, it's not like he's gonna be here for the next seven years. But he had a fractured ankle. Mm-hmm. And a dislocated shoulder. I mean, but but somehow there he is on the field hitting bombs, like you said. Yeah, I. So I've seen him taking batting practice. I have not seen him running or like taking fly balls in the outfield or anything like that. So again, you know, I always try and be careful and not not make any kind of implications like, oh, he's going to be back and you know ready to <laughs> ready to be in game shape by you know in a week or two. Where you know sometimes people will see that and, and kind of jump to that conclusion. It's like it's basically steps in the process, you know, and, but it's, it's just good to see him on the field and, you know, taking, taking really good swings. And again, you know, this is off a batting practice pitcher. Um, but uh, like I say the, the injury has not sapped his power. I'll just say that because like I said, he, was, he was hitting some balls, probably at least 380 to 400 feet um, in one of the back practice fields. 
Unbelievable. I just keep thinking if the wind's blowing out at Wrigley Field, what that kid could do. But so when these guys get injured, they come in and I'm sure, like I said, the medical guys do all their stuff. And, and as you kind of mentioned, they kind of start slowly working, you know, with a coach and then eventually with groups and then eventually kind of getting back to it. And then is, do they always kind of go into the um, the Arizona League as far as the next step or do they usually get minor league assignments first? Um. I think it really depends. I mean, we do see a lot of guys um, that if they if they come out here for to do their rehab, that they might you know play some in the games. Um, but I, I think there's lots of variables involved. Um, you know, as far as like you know, what what level do they need? How long were they out? You know, if it's a short injury, then they might just go back to their you know the the team they're with. Um, if it's a more extended injury then they might want to get some, you know, get some at-bats or a few innings in. Um, you know, an example, I, I actually just tweeted it out uh, earlier today. Um, every time I see Zach Lee pitching, I keep thinking, okay, that's going to be the last time I'm going to see Zach Lee because they're going to send him back to Tennessee um, because he's been out since the beginning of the year. I think they just kind of want to do a slow ramp up with him um, because he did pitch a lot of innings last year and then even pitched in the fall league. So it's more than he had pitched before. So I think this wanted to make sure – they weren't overtaxing him, but uh, um, in fact, I was talking to his wife on Saturday during the game, and she said, like, "I don't expect to see you guys." And she goes, "We're just waiting to be told." And you know, it's a reminder that the the leaders of the team they make those decisions, and we don't always understand the, all the reasons for what they do. But I'm sure they have some. And 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 like we said, there, there's games going on all the time in Arizona. So if anyone's out there, is it open to the public to be able to kind of go into Sloan Park and just watch? Yeah, um, they they normally play Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, now they've transitioned to most of the day games. Um, the the weekdays um, start at eleven, and the Saturday games start at ten, and that is until like the last week of the season. Um, then they'll, they'll switch to night games in preparation before the Arizona Complex League starts. And then the Arizona Complex League starts, I want to say June fourth or fifth. Um, and then that's primarily night games. Well, it, it, it's it's always something fun going on in the desert. Rich, I appreciate you hopping on. Why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you on Twitter and Instagram? Sure. Uh, my handle on both Twitter and Instagram is uh, Beast, B-I-E-S-T-22. Um, so uh, I usually get out to the complex a couple times a week and usually try and share some of the photos that are coming along. So um and I've seen your photos, like I said, and you're writing in Northside Bound. And I've seen your photos used by everybody and their brother, which is why you get the nice watermark there, because we got to do that, right? But, uh, yep. Rich, I appreciate talking to you. You know, I, I hope to see you maybe out in Wrigley or, who knows, maybe our cross paths at South Bend or some other fun location. Hopefully. One of these, one of these times we're going to connect up in one of those spots, too. All right, Rich. You take care, bud. You too as well, probably. Thanks.